Once upon a time, a family in a small village owned a strong and dependable horse that helped the family in farming and transportation. They loved the animal and treated it like a family member. But one day, the horse suddenly disappeared. Many villagers felt sorry for them and thought they were cursed because in that region, without a horse, life could be tough. They came to express their sympathy, but the old man of the family replied with a smile, don't be sorry for us. It may or may not be a bad thing. The villagers were surprised at the old man for taking it lightly because losing a family horse in those days was equivalent to losing their livelihood. A couple of months later, the horse returned, bringing 10 wild horses along. Suddenly, it was like a windfall of fortunes. The villagers came and congratulated the family for the great blessing they received. But the old man said, oh, don't get too excited. It may or may not be a good thing. As the old man's son tried to train the wild horses, he fell from a horse and broke his leg. The villagers thought that this family was now completely cursed. With a disabled son, who will work the farm and feed the family? Which woman would marry a cripple? This family's lineage had ended. The villagers came to console the family, but again, the old man said, don't be sorry for us. It may or may not be a bad thing. Some villagers sneered, thinking the old man was insane and in denial. His future was ruined. A few months later, a war broke out, and the government summoned every family with an able man to join the military to fight the war. His son was spared from the draft due to his broken leg. The fierce fallout between the two countries resulted in heavy casualties. Many families in the village lost their sons in the war, and they began to appreciate the old man for at least having a son with a broken leg to take care of the family. End of the story. This story keeps me humble because as I grow older, I discovered that a lot of things in life are not the way we thought they would turn out to be. We think we know what a blessing or a curse is, but fail to welcome the surprises. It takes humility to see the blessings in disguise, count the blessings, and express gratitude. Faith is humility, not confidence. Somehow we equate faith with confidence. So we want stronger faith and build confidence. The disciples asked Jesus for more faith. But Jesus said, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And with just that, you can move mountains and fulfill impossible missions. By teaching us to have a mustard seed faith, Jesus wants us to have a humble faith because a strong faith can make us quirky, just like the Pharisees and scribes. If you think your faith is not strong, it may be a blessing. You have heard that courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is moving forward despite the fear. In the same way, 
Faith is not confidence, but moving forward despite uncertainty. If you wait until you are confident or certain to move forward, you will never move. It's normal for a person of faith to feel like having imposter syndrome because it just means you are humble. On the other hand, it doesn't mean you can move with zero faith. Zero faith is not humility. You do need some faith to move forward, but as Jesus said, all you need is a mustard seed-sized faith. Nothing more and nothing less. If you have more, you will lose humility. If you have less, you will lose mobility. Faith is an art. The art of faith is keeping its equilibrium at the size of a mustard seed to avoid the devil's traps of delirious doubt and pernicious pride. In today's scripture lesson, Jesus revealed what he meant by the mustard seed size faith. We will learn from him that faith is not confidence, but persistence with humility. So let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I am the keeper, no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson today is from the gospel according to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Listen to the word of the Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keep bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what that unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Luke 18, 1-8. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At a glance, this parable sounds like a simple lesson on persistent prayer. But we need to read the context to find out why Jesus told this parable. Then we can appreciate its deeper meaning. The dialogue began with the Pharisees asking him about the kingdom of God in the previous chapter. It says, once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Luke 17, 20-21. The word among here is translated from Greek entos, meaning within, inside, or within your soul, 
So it's more precisely translated as the kingdom of God is within you, as in NIV, NCV, KJV, and a few other translations. The Chinese Bible translated as the kingdom of God is inside your heart. I've noticed that the mainline denominations, maybe Roman Catholic or Protestant, seem afraid to translate this word to within you instead of among you because we prefer the collective concept of the kingdom. The conspiracy theory is that the church wants you to believe that the organized religion is the kingdom. If the kingdom of God is within you, the church might lose control of you. Today, let's try to be faithful to Jesus' intended meaning. According to the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you and without you. I believe that's accurate. It's not either within or without, but it's both, because eternity is not limited to time and space. If you have the kingdom within, you will see it without. Just like in the story I told you a few weeks ago, if you are a saint in your heart, you will see everyone as a saint. Jesus wants the Pharisee not to worry about when the kingdom would come. As long as their hearts were full of pride and arrogance, they wouldn't enter the kingdom anyway. They need to be humbled down and loosened up to receive the kingdom now. In this context, Jesus told two parables to teach us how to pray with humility. Today we cover the first one, the parable of the widow and an unjust judge. It begins like this. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. Verse 1 to 3. Based on the context, Justice here represents the kingdom of God, because only in the kingdom of God is justice done justly. The odds are against us in seeking justice in this fallen world. The judge doesn't fear God nor respect people. And we are like the widow without clouds or resources. Recognizing the odds being against us makes us humble. Jesus wants us to pray constantly to maintain a kingdom life. We know what we need to do. We want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, but we keep bearing the fruit of the ego. We wake up every morning hoping to win the day, but go to bed feeling like a failure. Jesus asks us not to lose heart, but be persistent with prayer because we are fighting a spiritual warfare against the devil who constantly try to keep us away from the kingdom. If the devil cannot make us poor, he will make us proud. The verse right after this parable says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Luke 18, 9. Confidence is trusting ourselves. Confidence can make us contemptuous. We are in a no-win situation in this fallen world. If we do well, we lose humility. And if we do poorly, we lose heart. 
So Jesus wants us to be relentless in our strive for the kingdom. So he's teaching us that faith is not confidence, but persistence against all odds. Jesus continued, For a while he, the judge, refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. Verses 4 and 5. I want to remind you again of Jesus' sense of humor. Don't just read this parable in a serious manner and fail to enjoy Jesus' joke. The way Jesus described this atheist judge sounds comical. Jesus saw that the Pharisees were too serious and they had no sense of humor. Jesus wanted them to lighten up. Humor, humility, and human come from the same Latin root word, humus, meaning earth. A humorous person is down to earth. When you realize Jesus is a funny teacher, reading the Bible becomes even more enjoyable. Jesus teaches you how to be down to earth with humor and humility. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjudged judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones? Cry to him day and night. Will he delay long in helping them? Verses 6 to 7. Jesus is revealing God has a soft spot for humble hearts. Notice he says, chosen ones who cry to him day and night. The Pharisees were confident that they were the chosen ones, but they didn't feel they needed to cry to God day and night. The real chosen ones see the devil's traps of delirious doubt and pernicious pride. Our constant prayer is the cross we must carry to keep the equilibrium to maintain a fruitful life. We must not lose heart. Now the last verse gives us a lot to unpack. He says, I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Verse 8. Again, we need to keep in mind that justice here represents the kingdom of God. God is ready to give us the kingdom immediately, but nobody claims it. It's like the parable of the great banquet. The great banquet is ready, but nobody comes. All Jesus wants is a mustard seed-sized faith. Jesus lament the lack of faith on earth, not even the size of a mustard seed. Remember, at the beginning of his ministry, he was surprised that he couldn't perform any miracle in his hometown because of their unbelief. The human lack of faith even surprises God. We discover two important truths from Jesus' lament. The first is by turning this parable upside down to see that the odds are against Jesus. He is like the widow. We are like the unjust judge, faithless, heartless. But Jesus has been relentless believing his persistent knock on our doors will eventually melt our hearts to give him justice. By this lament, Jesus reveals that he doesn't have confidence in us, but he has a mustard seed-sized faith that keeps him relentlessly persuading us to give him a chance.
Jesus exemplifies what he teaches in this parable. He does not lose heart because he knows his creation. We will eventually give in to his love. The second truth is we humans do not even have enough faith to redeem ourselves. We need God's grace. We need Jesus' blood on the cross to redeem us. Jesus may not have confidence in us, but he still moved forward with faith and died for us, hoping his irresistible grace would melt our stone-cold hearts. This parable takes us on a journey of different emotions. It begins with hopelessness, then persistence, then humor, and then tears at the end. We can hear Jesus weeping in his heart when he says, And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The great banquet is ready, but nobody comes. You are invited, but where are you? The host is lamenting because those invited don't show up. As C.S. Lewis said, It would seem that our Lord finds our desire not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drinks and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased, end quote C.S. Lewis. Faith is not confidence, but persistence. Jesus has exemplified it, and he expects us to embody it. Let's join the banquet every day so that when the Lord comes, he will find faith on earth, at least from us. Remember, he's not asking for much. All he wants to see is just mustard seeds-sized faith from you. Let's give him. We can afford it. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and happiness. Amen. Bye now.